Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Pete is tight end. And Roger Bell. Bell has done three three. 22 to Roger. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. All right, what's going on? Welcome to Cannell and Bell. Danny Cannell, Raja Bell, hanging out. It's Tuesday. I'm back in town. Hey, baby, no I, read. There's no read this morning? No, no read. You didn't hear us talking about that for like 10 minutes ago. We were like, what's going on? How much just went right up? Anybody who's listening might have no idea what we're talking about. Usually we do at this hour. We kind of give updates Correct. on the news for CBS Sports HQ where you can watch us uh, every day. Uh, yeah, we did usually, not have it today. I think you might have you might have gotten somebody fired on the show oh. like that's supposed to be in charge of that, but we'll just gloss over that. <laughs> we do have a monster show for you. Uh, Magic Johnson still helping the Lakers. This can't, this has to be one of those onion oh. pieces. We're going to break that down. The NFL draft is coming up. We'll hit on some of those evaluations. And I have a question that I think is uh, perfect for the recent events that have happened over the last week, mm-hmm. myself included. Are former players all just grumpy old men who like to complain? We're going to break that down. That. Donovan McNabb went after uh, Carson Wentz a little bit. But before we get into Odell Beckham, Ezekiel Elliott, you are a tattoo guy. Yeah, I like tats. Um, do you have any – Matt Coca, our producer, is a tat guy. Do you have any tattoos of yourself? I have tattoos of my name. Like your initials or like Rajas? Yeah, I, I, like, I can, I can feel that. Like if I, cause I would, like, I would think about maybe getting a DK or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I got like Raj on my arm. Yeah. Or like on the, with, in, in a basketball related tat. And yeah. then I've got my middle name in another tat, like on my leg. Right. Um, what about a full on self portrait that takes up <laughs> the whole entire calf? I see, no. Which is Ezekiel Elliott just, is that baby. what he did? Yeah, he just broke it out. It's on his calf. Big old picture of himself uh, right there. I don't, it looks a little crazy. Looks like a zombie. It does look, I wonder if it's supposed to look like a zombie or, and it looks like he has a crown on his head maybe, right? It does have a crown. It does have a crown. Yes, he does have a crown. Which, you know, hey, to each his own, but I don't know. I just, I think it'd be kind of, Interesting. Like your kids, totally get pictures of your kids. Absolutely. Your wife, something like that, but a self-portrait. No, 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 no. Yeah, I don't know if I'm feeling not that the, too much. Not the, kids, yes. Yeah. I'm, I don't know that you should get a tat of your wife. Re- well. Name? Whoa. Like, no, not a picture. What if, she, what if she's super hot? <laughs> I think, I think kids is where you go with self-portraits. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that you go yourself. I don't think that or you Or the significant other. Significant other. Really? Um, I don't, I don't think portrait. Right. Because I've seen some of those where the guys have really nudes. I don't know why nudes. That's probably a little too much. They got nude portraits. (laughs) What? Let's let's steer this thing back (laughs) on track and get some some actual sports stuff. But congrats to Zeke on the new tat. Looks good. Zombie Zeke. Yeah, zombie Zeke. I like that. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. has a new team. He has a new city. He seemingly has embraced that. Uh, Dave Gettleman, his former GM with the New York Giants, had some interesting comments. Uh, that he made over the last couple days. And, of course, Odell Beckham is not receiving very, very well. Um, he said, quote, Dave Gettleman did, there's more to it than just collecting talent. There's a cultural thing to it that's critical. I have not been on a team that's gone to a Super Bowl that's had a culture problem. And then he was followed up question by the reporter. Did you have one with the Giants? And he smiled. I'm sure it was a wry smile. Mm. And he said, not anymore. Most people can put two and two together. They can figure out, oh, this was Odell Beckham Jr. who has moved on. Sometimes, I think, you know, 10, 15 years ago, probably just would have gone away. But today's environment where you can pick up your phone and tweet right back, respond to somebody who just crushes you. Odell Beckham did just that. Sent out a quote uh, tweet of the link. And he said, 
quote, this, his tweet said, had us laughing, crying emojis. This was by far one of the funniest things I've seen today. Followed it up with, I never understood the truth shall set you free. Quote, wow, I finally get it. Sorry, y'all, just thinking out loud. Don't read too deep into it. Man. Then he followed up because Odell took some criticism in the article for not traveling with the team. Right. He said, ask the coach. I begged him to go each and every one of those games actually for my teammates and to be on the sideline for the home games. He told me no. Anything else, sir? That's whoever tweeted asking why I didn't travel while I was hurt. Next. Uh, that's pretty standard procedure. Guys that are injured seriously don't travel with team. We'll break right. that down a little bit. And then finally, had one more for him, said, what you don't understand I've been never been in a place so happy in my life. My soul, my spirit is at an all-time high. Say what you want. There is no bringing me down, period. We have one more because Modell was going off. Yeah, he was on. Ask on any one of my teammates of who I was as a teammate and a man and a person. Yes, I'm cancer to a place that's okay with losing because I want to win that bad. You're absolutely correct. It's a lot to digest. There's a lot going on there. Your thoughts? Um, Dave Gettleman, grow up. Like, let me start there. I don't get into Odell Beckham. Grow up. Um, there's an opportunity again at, at a microphone. You're a polished GM. You know how to navigate that. Do you have a cancer problem? Uh, do we have one with the Giants? Our team is a very good place right now. We're excited about how we're positioned. This should be a great season with the Giants. Gone. Done. Never said a word or alluded to the fact that you previously had a cancer problem. So you did that on purpose. It's very petty of you, right? And typically petty people don't work in those situations. Eventually karma gets your ass, right? So that's what I would say to Dave Gettleman, all right? Just grow up. You didn't need to do that. To Odell Beckham Jr., hey, bro, don't even don't even dignify that with the response. Keep it moving. If you want to shoot out some kind of stuff saying, again, I've never been happier in my life, happy to be a Cleveland Brown uh, what, there was one tweet in there where that, that one, uh, I've never been in a place so happy in my life. My soul, my spirit's at an all time high. Say what you want. There's no bringing me down. Period. That's it. Right. End game. Done. Right. And for, 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 first of all, because that chapter's closed in your life. It really doesn't matter what people are talking. It's a wrap. It's done. Mm-hmm. You don't have to really deal with any of that anymore unless you want to. And now you're engaging in it. And then for your Cleveland Browns family, if there were any concerns of you coming over, it was that you were easily distracted and you would get into stuff like that. I'd like to show that I kind of turned a new leaf. Or look, I'm not I'm not bothered by any of that. I'm fully invested in what's going on with the Browns here, and I'm not really even concerning myself with New York. So, you know, I would tell Dave Gettleman again to grow up, and then Odell Beckham Jr. maybe a little bit too. Like, just stop reading that stuff. This is 2019 in a nutshell, though, which is one of the things I can't stand about today's environment because everybody has a criticism. Everybody has some sly little remarks, some mm-hmm. bit of snark that they come out mm-hmm. with, and that's what Gettleman did. Because he, he could have easily explained, yeah, our team had a problem last year. We did we were, there was no chemistry. Um, you know, there was a culture that, you know, we were losing and it kind of became infectious and it rolled right. downhill and guys didn't have the right attitude. You can put all of them because football, if you want to preach it from the coaches and GM standpoint, what do we always say? It's a team game. Yep. It's a team game. Not one person can bring apart the team. You know, they, they might, you know, affect the team and they can affect it negatively. And yeah, maybe you shipped them off because you felt like that was a big part of the problem, but it's not just one guy that's going to have you. What were they three and 13 last year? Well, Double, like they were awful. Hold your thought. Because I, I was asking before I came on, Dave Gettleman, his last go around the block was with uh, the Carolina Panthers, right? Correct. And it became a distraction and a cancer in the locker room, Josh Norman situation, right? He yes. was their best, one of the best corners in football at the time. Correct. Um, they shipped him off for cancerous reasons. Did they, did they improve? 
No. No. <laughs> they did not improve. They did not. And and what I would say to Gettleman, I didn't mean to hijack yourself here, is yeah, there is a chemistry part um, and there is a culture part, but there's a talent part also. Yeah. And you can't be shipping out your best talent and just be purely have your team based on good culture guys. Most of the time, they aren't the ones that carry you when the going gets tough. Do you know what I mean? They set a tone, but they don't. Is that what was making that noise? Yeah, yeah. It was really <laughs> freaking me out. It was buzzing. It was like. <laughs> but you have to have the right. Yeah. You have to have the right combination of talent and culture, right? Absolutely. Uh, my bad. They were five and eleven last year. They were three and thirteen the year before. The New York Giants were. My thing is, if you're Dave Gettleman and you're like, "Hey, we solved that problem." You might want to wait and see Correct. to make Good sure no that you have that right. problem taken care of because they're not going to be as talented. We don't know that yet. We don't know if they're going to be a better team. You might want to see that play out. And I'm with you. Totally agree. Let it go. Like you, there's ways you can talk to the media in certain ways. And to Odell, uh, I would say the same thing. Like let it go. I get that everybody wants to respond to it. I was telling Coca before the show. I listened to the Joe Rogan Experience, mm-hmm. a really good podcast, mm-hmm. and I was listening to him with Russell Brand, and they were talking about Twitter and social media, and I think everyone could take a really good piece of uh, advice from it, myself included, because yeah. it's really had a negative impact on me in the last week or so. Because um, Joe Rogan was saying he used to go on, he'd tweet something out, or his videos would be out there, and the only things that he would respond to are the negative comments. Right. Like there could be a bunch of people saying, hey, great take, loved the show, did this, yeah. whatever. Completely but the ones that you want to go at are the people that are like, you suck, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. And it feels like, you know, cause I think a lot of people have been pumping up the Browns saying, this is a, I, my, I've been saying, hey, this team could be a Super Bowl contender. Sure. Everyone's high on the Browns. Odell, here's the one bit of negative. Now I get it, there's a personal circumstance there, but just don't respond to it or send one tweet that's like, hey, I'm in a great spot now. I'm happy I moved on. Well, good luck to everybody. It's tough. It's, it's easier to sit here and say it than to be in that position. And, I am not the example to look at. If you look at my Twitter timeline of me responding to trolls, that's usually all I do. But we all could learn from this and stop feeding into the negativity. If the, if this was like a competition, then in my book, Gettleman wins. Yeah. He, he wins because he comes out, you know, he lobs this thing. He doesn't really put a name on it. He just puts out this kind of, you know, tweet or, or, yeah, or, comment or with comment. the media. And Odell Beckham does what Odell Beckham does. You know, which is kind of loses this cool and goes off on a Twitter tirade and rant. And, and it makes and, Gettleman and look right. And it makes right. Gettleman look right. So, uh, again, you know, grow up, Dave Gettleman. You baited him. You knew what you were doing. You did. And and you might be shrewder than, than I think you are. And maybe the Giants have a, a good exec and you guys wind up being, you know, a Super Bowl contending team again. But to Odell Beckham Jr., let that go, man. You can't, you can't, you can't live in your rearview mirror. And I don't, I mean, you certainly can't play a sport in your rearview mirror. Right. We're talking about playing forward. It's very hard to live like that too. Worry about what's in front of you, bro. Don't be concerning yourself with people um, who aren't worth your time concerning yourself with. Yep. So this this whole thing happened in 2017 too, when Dave Gettleman got got fired from the Panthers because I found D'Angelo Williams came out and said, "I want to publicly say the Panthers are off my teams. I won't play for due to the firing of that snake, Dave Gettleman." Steve Smith came out and said, "Gettleman doesn't even have the cojones to tell us." To our face about our releases, we have to hear it from someone else. Then he calls us and says it wasn't personal. Um, you had Josh Norman doing the same thing. Josh Norman tweeted uh, once Dave Gettleman got fired. So it's always, I mean, you can you can see yeah, sort of the players that this guy doesn't really like are these right. outspoken players, these fiery players. If it's a Steve Smith or you know an Odell Beckham, they're sort of have that same personality. And Gettleman would that would be qualify as your old school? Yep. 
the coach, the front office is always right. Correct. You players, you keep in march step and you don't say anything wrong and you go to work, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, just, you don't say anything. That is not today's society. It's not today's nope. athlete. And if you don't, if you don't adapt. Yeah. You're going to have a really hard time finding a team that's going to want to play for you. Absolutely. It's going to be a challenge for Gettleman if he doesn't adapt somewhat. And this isn't a he, great A guy spot. like him, he doesn't adapt. Right. Dave Gettleman doesn't right. adapt. Old school. That, that, they're not adapting. You have to phase them out. Right. Uh, as soon as you – and what happens typically in NFL, NBA, I don't know about Major League Baseball, maybe they have a, a – like they there's a recycling thing that happens. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be good if Dave Gettleman failed one place and you saw the writing on the wall and you were like, all right, nope, that's not working in today's NFL – Usually gets a second opportunity somewhere else. Sometimes even a third if you're a good like interview and a, and a and a good communicator. But typically those guys don't change their stripes. They right. they they are who they are. The problem is is I think there's one team that has the old school mentality and everybody tries to be like them. That's the Patriots. Right. But the reason they're able to get away with that are two things. One, it's the tremendous amount of success. It's the dynasty that they mm-hmm. have already in place, so they have the luxury of being able to kick guys to the curb. And it's Brady has bought into it, so he spreads that message throughout the locker room of, hey, don't respond. Don't do anything. We have the Patriot way. It's worked, and we're going to keep doing it. So you've got those two features there, and it, but it, I don't think that can be replicated in today's society. It can't, and you have to be very careful of looking at an organization from the outside and, and seeing the, the, what they portray as an organization and characterizing it as old school and it's our way or the highway and we are soldiers and we stay in line. You would be, because you would look at San Antonio and say, man, pop is a hard ass. Right. And those guys get in line. They do what they're supposed to do. That, that we can run our organization like that. Well, pop is, but you don't see all the love that pop showers, you know, around, you know, to, to different players, you know, in the locker room. You don't see the, the team meals. You don't see the, the wine drinking sessions. You don't see the, the, the absolute, you know, buy in as a human being from pop towards those players and then they respect him and they'll act accordingly for him. If you're just preaching that at people and you're not able to check all the other boxes that the other organization checks, then you're not going to have the same success that they have. Right. And typically that's what you see. There's a model, there's a blueprint and you think you've got it all figured out. So we're just going to copy the way it looks. You got to have the whole foundation that that, that they have as if well. You, if you look at the NFL, like right now, the teams that have the most issues are these teams that aren't adapting, like the Jaguars and Tom Coughlin come, always coming out saying like Jalen Ramsey didn't show up to this. And then you have like the Packers, like another team that's an old school team, the Raiders, another team that's an old school team. And all these teams are struggling. Here's what I will say. Because the NFL is a total copycat league, mm-hmm. and the Patriots are the best example of it. Everybody else trying to do that. There are more ways to win. Sure. You know, like look at look at Sean McVay. Mm-hmm. You know, he's and I think he's miscast the other way because I think people see him as a fun, hey, happy-go-lucky coach. I'm in this innovative offense, and yet I think behind the scenes, I think he has the respect of his Absolutely. team. Absolutely, team. That's all that matters. Uh, historically, you've seen teams that are, you know. The, the college example is Clemson versus Bama because Dabo Sweeney is the guy dancing in the locker room, having Precisely. as much fun as possible, wins, you know, creating a dynasty. And yet you have Nick Saban, who's straight line, hard, doesn't, you know, show any of that emotion out, out front. And yet they've got a dynasty. There are more ways to win than just one philosophy. It's all about knowing your players and how to get the best out of them and sure. building an atmosphere like that. Um, Kyler Murray is most likely going to be the number one overall pick in the draft. Uh, one sports book I saw this morning had a minus 600 that he's going to be the number one over pick. I think it's a lock. Okay. I think anything you hear out of Arizona is smoke to try to, it's a smoke screen to try to get more for Josh Rosen. Cause I think the more everybody knows they're taking Kyler Murray, they're like, well, yeah, they have to deal Josh Rosen now. So we're going to float all these low ball offers, but 
our boy Pete Prisco, right here at CBS <laughs> HQ, Peter. says he's hearing, and we did our draft special, our mock draft special last week, and I know he said this on the show. He was like, nope, they're, they're, they're not taking him. He's been told by Arizona, by some sources, that they are passing on him. Really? I do not buy it. I think he's this, been told by sources. He's that, been told. He has people who have told him. He's got peeps. He's got peeps. Yeah, I don't buy it. I think, and I, look, I love Pete. He's one of my favorite dudes around here. I think this happens not only to him, but I think it happens to a lot of people. I think you're fed information sometimes to get something accomplished by the other end. And, right. it, and I think sometimes they give you good information to kind of build up that, you know, that trust. Sure. And other times they'll give you something that maybe isn't true that, and maybe there's a sliver of truth to it, but I just, I'm not buying this one. This is a tough one because the question on my paper, how surprised would you be if he doesn't go number one? I'm never surprised anymore. I, I've seen stuff happen across the landscape of sports that I never really thought I would see. And so I am trying to adapt with my mentality. Nothing would surprise me with that number one pick, especially since they've been so quiet. It's, it's rare. Right. This time last year, people kind of heard that Baker was trending and yep. there started to be this. This one has been radio silence for the most part. That always worries me. It always lets me, it always leads me to believe that there's something going on there, uh, that would be out of the norm. And so it wouldn't surprise me. I do think that Kyler Murray, and I've, and I've, I've wavered on this, Danny. I've wavered because on one hand, Cliff Kingsbury, offensive, uh, guru, right. quarterback whisperer, you just, you spent capital last year to bump up in the draft to get a pretty good quarterback in Josh Rosen. Yep. Um, keep him. Use those picks to solidify a lot of other holes that you have and let Cliff Kingsbury do what he's supposed to do, which is be that quarterback whisperer. Right. On the other hand, I've said, and I'm kind of back to this, that if you're going to roll the dice on Cliff Kingsbury and that offensive philosophy, get him the guy that he feels can run it the best. Yeah. And, and, and go from there. And so I'm back to, I think they should take Kyler Murray, but I've wavered. I think the Cliff Kingsbury high was risky. A guy with no, col uh, no NFL experience who didn't have a winning record. Right. Oftentimes at Texas Tech now had big offense. I think you're swinging for the fences. You might as well swing for the fences with Kyler Murray. I think it's a good pairing. Not to say that they couldn't have a tremendous amount of success with Josh Rosen because Cliff Kingsbury has coached pocket passers mm -hmm. before, but I just, I just feel like it's a done deal. Now, I think it'd be fascinating. I would, I would actually prefer that maybe he didn't get picked over one just cause you'd see a flurry of people caught off guard. Like what's happening now? The Raiders picking at four. Would they explode. all of a sudden, everything yeah, would start if to the storylines that would surround there would be a complete shock, what, right? What there. do you imagine? When do you imagine if, if, if it, if they figure out that Kyler is their guy, when do you imagine that Josh Rosen has to be moved by? What do you see? Think I think he's got to go before they actually announce his name. Right. But again, we were doing our mock draft special and there was several opinions on the show said, but they don't have to. They can still hold Josh Rosen and they could hold him all the way until training camp if they had to. But I think your best leverage is going to come leading up to the draft. So I would like even. And you know, what's a good price for him at this point? Well, see, I think he's going to get higher than we think. Most people are speculating that the offers they're getting are second-round pick. There are a lot of teams that they would love to have Josh Rosen. Absolutely. I think late first round, maybe a package of you know two twos. I don't know what it looks like, but I think it's going to be better than what we're hearing. Right. Quarterbacks are a hot commodity. You can't find them on the street. And that's not an average bear quarterback. That was no. a top-10 quarterback. Exactly. It was 10th overall pick last year. So tons of uh, fascinating storylines to, to see unfold. Hey, listeners, the NFL Draft is headed to Nashville, and so are we at the Off the Bench Podcast and CBS Sports HQ. For all three days, we'll be in the Music City with extensive draft coverage and even a few surprises. Off the Bench will kick off coverage in Nashville at 10 a.m. Eastern, 
Thursday and Friday morning, getting fans caught up on all the latest draft storylines and news. If you love hearing me on the pod, then you have to tune in to watch free on CBS Sports HQ. It's 24 hours streaming sports networks. Besides me, we'll have our full NFL crew providing analysis, grades, and fantasy implications for every pick over all seven rounds, live as they get announced. Pete Prisco, Brady Quinn, Jason LaCanfora, Ryan Wilson, Brian McFadden, Jamie Eisenberg, and more. All the guys you know and love. If you're going to be in Nashville, make sure you stop by the Doghouse Saloon. Say hello and grab a beer or two. We'll be broadcasting live Thursday night, Friday night, and all day Saturday. If you can't catch us in person, you can always catch CBS Sports HQ by downloading the CBS Sports app on your phone, Fire TV, Roku, or Apple TV. It's always on and it's always free. No need to pay a subscription or have an expensive cable package, so start watching today. All right, man, I'm mad at myself. Welcome back to Canel and Bell. We just did a beautiful segment on how we're going to have this new mindset on not replying to trolls on Twitter. You know what I did? I just replied to two people during our break right here. You're a fiend. I'm so mad. You're a fiend. But I'm trying to explain myself. I don't care. I'm getting to the point where I don't care. Uh, If you want to harass us on Twitter, at Canel and Bell is our show handle. You know what? I'm not explaining myself for anything. I'm not. But sometimes I'm I feel not. Like I don't care don't who hear the context of the way I want it explained, so I want to explain it better. I'm not explaining anything to anybody. So yesterday, we'll get into this just a real quick. I know Coke is probably Max. We're going to get to Magic in a second. Yesterday, I taped a NFL draft special. Mm-hmm. As part of that special, I gave out quarterback grades from the rookie class last year. Okay. So I gave like A, B, Cs, or Ds. On Baker Mayfield, I asked our producer, I said, I want to give two grades, not just the on the field, how he performed, but a little bit off the field. So I said, A plus. From on the field, 27 touchdowns, incredible. Off the field, I put C because I don't love that he went after Hugh Jackson, yeah. that he was still talking about him, that he goes after Colin Coward. Like yeah. all, I think it's immature. Yep. So I gave him a C. Perfect. Like that's reasonable, Fine. right? What, like Cleveland Browns fans are all upset. They're like, oh. on the clip, I even said he could be MVP right. this coming season if, you know, if he continues the progress. That's the only thing they heard was C off the field issues. And they're like, oh my gosh, you, you're just a hater. You're just trying to get comments. What can you do? Danny, of, of those people. Um, right, right. I, I know. How many of them play quarterback in the NFL? I don't know, but they definitely question how many my, of them. But how many of them, question how many of them make a living breaking down football? <laughs> it's true. Well, according to them, no, no, I'm asking. I'm asking you, how many of them, them make a them. living? But you according do. Them, but though, you currently do. But according to them, I shouldn't be. I should be fired. I wasn't that. I was a scrub in the NFL. I ain't worried about none of them. True. I ain't worried about none of them. <laughs> All right, good. I'm saying if you tell I me he got a C, Danny Cannell, guess what he got? A C. A C. That's right. Tell him like it is. I need you to be my Twitter. I got you. All right. Must uh, shut that down immediately. All right, good. Disconnect. The, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers been a complete mess over yeah. the last couple of weeks. Magic steps down. Um, you know, the coaching search is unfolding. Luke Walton moves on. There was a report came out that I think should be really concerning if you're a Lakers fan, of which there are many. Magic Johnson was on the record, said he's still helping the Lakers. Oh. TMZ, uh, had the report. He said, almost like I never left. <sighs> what are we doing? If you're like, if he is, there's a problem on Jeannie Buss's standpoint. Like, why are you still listening? I just, this makes zero sense to me. And for me, it says that this is a really dysfunctional franchise right now. Yeah. I, I think that there aren't clear lines there. I, I think that, and this is speculation, but I think that Jeannie is running this more like a family mm-hmm. and less like a business. It feels like. And Magic is a part of that family, as is Kobe and all the great Lakers. But when it's time to run the business, they have to be outside. They're not a part of, of that communication line. Um, 
And I feel like there's a problem there separating the family from the business to some degree. Magic has to be smart enough to, in my opinion, to just not say anything at least for a while. That that How about at just least for a while? When the microphone comes in your face, just don't say anything about the Lakers and, and what capacity you're still involved with the Lakers and making decisions because it all reflects poorly on the Lakers. And quite frankly, it reflects on why you probably weren't great at doing the job in the first place. You don't know what to say and when it needs to be said. And, and I would challenge the notion that it's all good with him, LeBron, Maverick Carter, and Rich Paul. I know them. If you didn't give them any heads up and you, and you quit, without telling anybody and this blindsided them you are not as cool with them as you think you are i would say you're dead to them right (laughs) real borderline there i just don't i mean talk about somebody who doesn't have a really good self-awareness that's what it feels like with magic does he is he aware of what i think that magic or he i mean granted he probably lives in a bubble where everybody everywhere he goes everybody loves magic everybody loves magic magic loves magic and sometimes and i don't mean this in a in a rude way i mean you you do lose self-awareness you you just of course, it's your it's your world yeah exactly and you he know, has a pretty nice world. world it'd be great i'd right. love to live in his world i do think what do you do, how do you handle this if you're genie bus because he's on the record saying, I love Jeannie. I've been talking to her almost every day. I'm trying to help. Listen, I may not be there physically, but I'm still there. If you're her, do you try to cut this back? Or is he magic and he's magic and he's been a, you know, they have this sister brother relationship where they love each other, uh, and they say how much affection they have for each other. How old is Jeannie point- bust? Does anybody know? I'm trying to figure out the quick. trying to figure out the relationship there. Was she raised on magic? I think so. Yeah, magic older than her. Yeah, uh, no, she's 67, right. 50, 57. Sorry, uh-huh. I was going to say she looks so really she was good. older than magic. So it's not like she was raised and revered magic as like as a school oh, girl she, when they were she, winning championships. Hold but, on, I think she was because he's he's probably what. Let me see how old he is to get this right as we look at this up online. Magic is 59, so they were contemporaries. Yeah. So while she's really young, tough. when she's just graduating college, he's, probably just starting to work with the Lakers, you know, following her dad's steps. Yeah. It's a tough one. I would, and I don't have the answer. I mean, I don't own a franchise. It's her business, but I, I, I would, I would have a private conversation with Magic if we were really close. And I say, you have to understand how this doesn't look good for me and right. how this doesn't help the Lakers. Um, and, and, and the brand that is the Lakers. So what I'm going to need to do is I'm going to come out in the media and I'm going to, Put some space between us. I'm going, and I need you to support that and echo that in whatever you're saying. We can still have this undercurrent of communication. We can still be besties, but this doesn't have to be public record. I need there to be a clean break between Magic, Kobe, LA Lakers family mm-hmm. and LA Lakers daily business. Right. And I need to have that be the front that's put up nationally. So I'm going to make, I'm going to have this press conference. Yep. When they come see you next time, I need you to echo what I say in this press conference. And I would say, I love Magic. Our history and 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 he's always going to be a Lakers Laker. Will always be part of our family. Always have a home, you know, at whatever wherever we're playing the Staples Center, so on and so forth. But as it pertains to day to day business, Rob Polinka, whoever else is in the building, they are the ones running the ship. Just make sure everyone knows that. That's what I was going to say is totally unfair to. How are you receiving this if you're Rob Polinka? You're like, it's a, come it's a, on, it's, I just it's got a poop show. Yeah, exactly. Like poop I just got this problem out of the way, and now he's still involved. Yeah. It makes zero sense. Sort of a simple, cause magic is always going to be a Laker. One of the greatest Lakers of all time. You're always going to want him to be a part sure. of the organization, come back, celebrations. And either. there's, there's value in, in when he's, when he pitches to someone uh, on their recruiting trip and so on and so forth. There's it's value just, there. It's just too soon for him to be speaking Agreed. his mind like this. Agreed. Bobby Bowden was a legend at Florida State. Well, you know, he, he built the program, right? 
when he retired, whatever you want to call it, the end of his ten, tenure right, came right. to a close when Jimbo Fisher took over, he said, you know what? I'm going to step away. I'm going to give Jimbo his space. And he did. Went away, didn't go to any games. Right. Didn't, you know, do any media. Just like was like, I'm going to give him his space. That's what magic needs to do. Yes. And then you know what happened after time? Bobby came back, you know, received an open arms. Ambassador. Program. Yeah, he's helped sure. with the booster program, all of that. There's a way to do this and magic just doesn't get it right now. He's got to, he's got to just give it an arms like, give some time. It'll be okay and figure it out. I agree. Move I agree 100%. What if I told you imaginary friends are real? This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Haley Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need a snack or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski. Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search... The rest is football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats. All right, welcome back to Canel and Bell. Doing a little NBA as the playoffs are in full swing. First round complete for some teams. We're setting up some second round matchups already. Have you? I've been less than enthralled, let's say, on mm-hmm. the first round of the NBA playoffs. I mean, they're kind of chalk is playing out. Yep. Some interesting little beefs, but the games themselves haven't. Like, I want to see... Tightly contested games where you see, you know, possibly six, seven game series. You see those, you know, played out. I get if you have this many teams get in, there's going to be a pretty good separation in talent. And that's what you're seeing unfold. So the Bucks get the sweep over the Pistons. Yeah. Really close. They're moving on to face the Celtics, uh, who also looked really impressive versus the Pacers. So the Celtics number one feat has to be stopping Giannis. Sure. MVP candidate. He's, you know, this unstoppable force. What do you do if you're Brad Stevens and the Celtics team? What's your game plan if you're trying to to defend Giannis? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I mean, conventional wisdom would say back up, try to bait him into shooting jumpers. But he, unlike Russell Westbrook, does a really good job of not settling for that too often. He'll still shoot the jumper. But I've always told people who I coach that 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 don't shoot well and get spaced like that. You call it spacing a guy when you yep. just back up off of him. That gives you a running start at the defenders and, and at one of his shoulders. And it's really hard as a defender to be standing stationary with a guy getting a six-foot running start and be able to contain him one way or another. So Giannis just comes at you, and he'll give you a little in and out or something, and then he's into your shoulder, and he's unfolding at the rim. So that doesn't work. Because um, it's, it's, That's similar to a defensive pack. You know, if you're trying to play off or if you're trying to take cover to press, like, in football, at least, with at least within five yards, you can get a hand on him. You can check him, but in basketball, you can't. So you're like trying to start from a standstill, and he's already going on the move. Correct. It's virtually impossible. Really tough, especially when that guy is six eleven and can finish as well as anybody in the league. If that guy's a guard and he doesn't have the length to extend and finish around the rim, that's a different story. But this guy's a freak. He's going to be on top of the rim. So, what I would probably do to Giannis would be to try to get up under Giannis. Um, 
try to be in the gaps as secondary defenders, meaning not glued to my man, but be, you know, up the line and in the gap so that it would appear that there's not a driving lane there. Hope that he'd get off the ball early. Maybe it would confuse him a little bit because he's a willing passer and they got great three point shooters. So, you know, if I'm up underneath him, it's going to promote him to put the ball on the floor. He wants to do it anyway. I've got a secondary defender. You know, knowing that he's getting back to the shooter, but appearing like he's gonna, you know, take Giannis's drive away, maybe stun at him and get back, and hope that it, it that it affects his ability to really see what's in front of him, which would be a wide open layup. Because what you don't want is Giannis to live in the paint, everybody be sucked in on Giannis, and now you've got all of these three point shooters, and that's all they can really do, doing what they do best, which is shooting threes. Do we sleep? on the supporting cast of Giannis because I think we do this in general in our business especially people like myself who do a bunch of sports and you're not specializing on just one right like is his supporting cast better than we think just because I think it's easy to talk about Giannis when you talk about the Bucks and you know somebody like yourself would know a lot more about the supporting cast yeah they're obviously they're the number one seed one guy's not carrying him there they're not even playing at full strength Malcolm Brogdon who's a really really good young player not healthy right now they're hoping to get him back Tony Snell um, a really good player. It, at least he's been for the Bucks as of late. N- not playing right now. Paul Gasol. I mean, he speaks for himself. Not playing right now. But Nikola Mirotic. Um, which one of the twins does he have? Brooke Lopez. Yep. How about, are, my, how about my man Pat Connaughton? Pat Pat Connaughton has been good, but the, I, I'm talking specifically. Eric Bledsoe. At, yeah, specifically as bigs though. Now, okay. Not 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 the uh, not the others. And then, and then he's got a counterpart. Um, What's the kid's name? I, I'm terrible with these names, but he's, he's a scorer too. Came from Texas A&M. I can't call his name right now, but he's, he's really, really. DJ a, Wilson? A, no, a 1B to Giannis. Is, Silva? Dude, come on, man. Who are we going with? It's to the name, man. There's one Chris guy. Hey, you stopped and said him earlier. I bet. No, I didn't say. <laughs> but the bigs, what you want to do with him is you want to have bigs that really shoot and really space the floor. And they've achieved that this year so that it opens up all of that room. Uh, for Giannis to kind of do his thing. But they're not healthy, and that's what's been kind of remarkable about the way they've come out of the gates in the playoffs is you can make the argument that, that their third best player you know, isn't even on the floor right now in, in Malcolm Brogdon, but they've got a lot of guys, to your point, pitching in and helping. This is my thing about this series is it's going to it's gonna boil down to what pace they play at. Mm-hmm. You know, because you know Boston, like I've got these stats here, and they held – Indiana to this many points and Indiana didn't score over a hundred and whoop de what was it? This Pacers scored over a hundred just once in the series. The Pacers are a low scoring. They were like twenty fourth in the league in offense anyway. Right. They don't they don't have a guy. The Bucks over their last three games have averaged hundred and twenty two points. The Celtics have averaged hundred and four points a game. Those two teams want to play in different classes in terms of speed and pace, scoring output. If Boston can dictate with their defense and the pace at which they play what what number that game is played around, whether it's around 99 to 106, then I think they'll have a chance to really do damage. If the if the Milwaukee Bucks can push tempo and get that thing up over 111, 112, I think they're gonna they're gonna win most of the games in the series. Who are you picking? I'm taking Milwaukee. You are. Yeah, I didn't right, take Bucks advance. All right. Uh, there's also NBA news because your old squad, the Phoenix Suns, this is a complete disaster. We're talking about the Lakers. This might be even worse. Uh, they fired Igor Kokoskov after one season. Uh-huh. So now you've got a player like Devin Booker, bright young player. You know, is incredible. He's you know all these sixty point games. Sure, incredible talent. He's about to have his fifth coach in five seasons. They just it's a revolving door at the head coach. I like when you look at this, 
how can you expect to sustain any sort of success when you're having this much turnover? Or like, I mean, I just, I don't understand it. I've said this for years about the Suns. It seems like they have no real plan. Their roster had no continuity. There was turnover continuously in the front office and in the, in the coaching chair. It, it, it is, it's an unstable situation. Now, a good friend of mine, James Jones, has the job now. What I'm hoping this is, is James saying, when you first get a job, you have a small window of opportunity to affect change. I'm going to do this my way. And if it doesn't work, it will be because I was true to myself and my vision. It's not going to be because you handcuffed me to something that I didn't want in the first place. And then you were going to fire me because of it. It was never my fault. So maybe, hopefully this is James saying, look, Igor isn't the guy. I want to go with my guy. I'm going to start from scratch. He's got the support of Robert Sarver and ownership. And if it doesn't work, he can sleep at night. You had Igor and you hired him. You had the first pick in, in the draft. And Luka Doncic, who he coached on the Slovenian national team, was sitting right there. Kudos to you, Coca, for bringing this point up. Mm-hmm. Y- you didn't take him. And he's balling. And he's balling. And you need, you've been in need of a point guard for a long time. And while he's not your prototypical point guard size, he plays like a point forward. He can get off that ball. You've got a great young star in, in Devin Booker. You missed again. And it all speaks to you not having any vision or any real plan. I'm hoping, because I'm a, you know, lifelong son mm-hmm. and a son's fan now from afar, that James Jones has the type of vision and they give him enough time because time is what it's all about. Time for your vision to unfold. And I'm hoping James is that guy. We'll see. Uh, I'm curious to know from your standpoint, because if I was a young quarterback, like we were talking about Josh Rosen earlier, he's been through a bunch of offensive coordinators. And I think it sets back your development oh, absolutely. exponentially because you have to learn new systems. Now, for me, it's like, well, an NFL playbook's like this thick and it's all you do. Is it that much of a different, like, is it that challenging for young players to yeah. get new schemes from different coaches? Yeah. It's challenging for any player. Cause I don't think anybody understands, like, I, we all, we can all talk about Kyler Murray running a 40, how he throws the ball, completion, accuracy. The mental part to me are what really separates guys that can last a long time in the NFL. Cause you have to, you have to learn the playbook. You have to be able to process the information and then you have to be able to go out and execute it in a high pressure situation. Right. How much different is that in the NBA? It it's the same but different. I mean, you're not reading. Different positions have have different um, right right. Like quarterbacks have to read you know the coverage. Right. A lot of times, point guards are the ones with the ball. They're they're reading coverage like that. Shooting guards are learning how to read their defender when they're coming off of screens and how to space the floor and you, you know the, the, it, it is similar but but different. Right. But what happens is you have different philosophies and you're trying to navigate your way through learning. You know, the first one, which would be how to play fast. And that might take a different player. You know, it might take any given player two years to really settle in to learning how to push tempo and play fast and play at that speed. And then now you're, we're not, we're not playing like that anymore. We're going to slow it down and we're going to grind you out. And now you have to have this different skill set because I'm not going to have you with the ball in your hands. Now you're going to be coming off of down screens. And if you haven't been playing out of a floppy set, which is too big and no one really plays out of floppy anymore at the pro level, but if you haven't played out of that, let's just use it. Yeah. Example. It's all foreign. That's all brand new. Now you're learning to play a different way and you haven't even mastered the first way that they asked you to play yet. And typically, you know, players come into the league and they get a steady diet for the first three, four years. If you're a good player of one way to play mm-hmm. and the way you're going to kind of master and cultivate your game. And then if that coach doesn't work out, you might get a new guy in there, but you've learned kind of who you are as a player mm-hmm. in a system. That guy would come in and see it and be like, okay, let me, let me kind of work around that and figure out how to get Danny in the right. Nobody really knows what those kids are because 
you haven't been able to see him consistently in any given system, you know? Yeah. So it's a mess for the players, and it's a mess for the guy coming in and trying to coach because you don't know what you're working with. Right. I've always felt like it, for an NFL system, and this is why I'm really impressed with guys like Baker Mayfield that come in and tear it up, I think it takes a full year and a half Mm-hmm. To really get comfortable with the playbook. When I say comfortable, think of that first year. I think even Baker Mayfield, to some extent, this season, you're really thinking a lot on the field. Like right. you're having to think. All right, what am I doing here? And you're. It just takes time. And that term, the game slows down. This is where I think after a year and a half, you don't have to think so much. It's just like, yeah, bam. I know that play. It's like you're learning reacting. another language. Beca- yes. You become more fluent in that language. Absolutely. So in your mind, you don't think after you say. Uh, what is your name? You know, like you, you, you just know, you just know how yes. to say it. Um, and I think that's the biggest difference. And when guys can truly play without thinking so much, that's when you see their talents come. And that's what you should want in every player. Fluency is a really good way to put that. You want to be flu, you want to be fluent in pick and roll. You want to be fluent in whatever it is that you're doing. You're, I didn't even talk about defensive philosophies. Right, right. Right. NBA players have to play both sides of the ball, but fluent is a good word. And you know, I want to, so when I tried to make the Spurs the first time around, Spurs were a heavy pick and roll team. No one had ever prepared me to play pick and roll. I just hadn't been taught it at the high school level. None of my high school teams play. I mean, none of my college teams play pick and roll. And so I really just didn't know how to play pick and roll basketball. I wasn't fluent in it. And I could not make their team because I was always in the wrong spot, never really comfortable doing it. And it took me, going back to the CBA, going to Philly, it took me almost three years of playing in someone's pick and roll system at the pro level to figure out, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do and not having to process it and get where I'm supposed to go. And now the plays pass me by. Uh, so fluency is a big thing. I like the word. Welcome back to Ken and Bell. We talked earlier in the show about Twitter beefs. It's just a, th- I, it's, do you think it's worse now? Like, cause I, I guess we refer to it social media, but there have been feuds historically in sports between sure. players and media members. Sure, absolutely. It just does feel like now everything's covered 24 seven. It's like, Everybody you has remember a response. The Jim players Rome and Chris. Um, <laughs> no, no, it wasn't Chris. It was Jim Everett. Jim Everett, might and he been called him called Chrissy Everett. Everett. Right, yeah, right, right, and uh, right. that's when he attacked him on set. Which I don't know. I think it might have been staged. It was great for Jim Rome's career. I don't know if it was or not, though. But anyway, there is a beef that's unfolding in Philadelphia. Donovan McNabb, good dude. I like Donovan a lot. Yeah, I like Donovan too. He's a good dude. He's uh, of course Philadelphia Eagles former quarterback had a tremendous amount of success with them in their franchise. Never got them the Super Bowl win, which they were looking for, but. Nonetheless, incredible quarterback. So he was on CBS Sports Radio and had some comments, some interesting comments about Carson Wentz, where he said, quote, if he can't get out of the second round, they should look to possibly draft another quarterback. He said in the next two years, because they just don't know about his durability. Staying healthy is very key in this league, and it really pertains to the success of the quarterback. The team only goes as far as the quarterback takes them. They put so much of their eggs in the basket with Carson Wentz, and he's got to prove that in the next two years. I think with his injury history, I think that is a completely fair assessment. I think I've said that on this show. Mm-hmm. Like when you're looking at Carson Wentz, part of the evaluation process is can you play 16 games? It's hard to separate your former beloved face of the franchise from the new media member that is Donovan McNabb. Right. Not new, but that's his job now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you hear something like that as a fan, it, it's hard to it's hard to understand that he's just giving his professional opinion on it. Here's where I think, and you tell me if this changes the way, I think there's an operative word in the phrase, right? Mm-hmm. So he says if he can't get out of the second round, they should look to possibly draft another quarterback. That says one thing. Let's remove should and say, if he can't get out of the second round, they may have to possibly look to draft another quarterback. Right. I think that changes the whole way that comes across to an Eagles fan. So, you know, I think 
Fans are so sensitive. They are. Though. They but only hear the worst possible context. That's what I'm figuring out. But when Baker you say Mayfield should, team. it makes them sound like that's your. You want them to do that. When you say that, hey, if he doesn't get it right or he's injured, they may have to. Right. That sounds more like a professional opinion to someone than when you're saying they should do this. Right. So it's one thing if if Eagles fans are upset. It's another thing if current players are getting upset. Right. Just happened when their offensive tackle Lane Johnson. Sent out a tweet right at Donovan McNabb, snakes in the grass, and he said, and you wonder why nobody respects you when you come back. That's, That's pretty brutal That's right tough. there. Then Johnson went on radio and explained it a little bit more in depth. It still was pretty bad, though. He said, quote, this is what I meant. Every training camp, we have all these ex-players come and shake our hands. Wish us good luck. Then they just go out and just talk hate. I feel there's a lot of envy, jealousy, and I see a lot of fakery. Hey. It isn't just me. A lot of other teammates see it, too. You would think the best quarterback in franchise history would try to build up a young man that looks up to him instead of always criticizing him, critiquing him, and wishing he could fail so he would be, could be the missing link and feel better himself. That is what I don't like. Donovan tried to put – see, like, I don't know. Again, like, this is where I think Lane Johnson could pull – like we were talking about Odell Beckham. Just realize it's part of the business. Right. And if Donovan Manav is a, media, a member of the media – it's his job to criticize, to give his opinion. Donovan did say, and I don't know that he criticized. I don't think Carson so either. Once. No, he, that, he, he. I mean, this is where sometimes I'm guilty of this. Before I'm gonna give a strong opinion against somebody, I'll build him up. I'll be like, you know, right. Carson. Because uh, for me, this is probably the passive aggressive nature of me. I've been like, Carson Wentz, an amazing MVP type season. But if he doesn't stay healthy, they should move on. Right. You know, like you try right, to right, give sure. those, soften And now Donovan didn't say that, but Donovan probably thinks that you know but like just because he didn't say that i just think players are too up in their feelings it's like get over it these guys it doesn't mean donovan McNabb can't be an eagle fan an eagle you, for life let me ask you a question do you ever feel you don't associate with the team do you are you a giant for life or are you a falcon no, for life no are you a no not really i'm a florida state guy for life but i've had fans come at me like heated because i picked oregon to beat them you know in the playoffs a couple years i'm like right. well, i thought oregon is an analyst that doesn't mean i but, picked oregon to win but i was rooting for florida state but they can't separate that are you ever torn from by the allegiance that you feel to florida state and having to make a comment that florida state be, doesn't write my check right. <laughs> you know so i don't have any problem being critical of them so i would say this about donovan don't if if you you have to be willing to not be the beloved Donovan McNabb as an eagle and go out and say your piece. And if if the current Eagles don't 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 like it, it it's your job. It just you sucks just, you, though because I'm gotta, sure Donovan does like to go out at training camp and probably does like to watch a practice you, or two. You and picked if you're Doug a, Peterson, you picked a profession where you're put in a position to have to say negative things about them and they don't like them, whether it's right or wrong. You, don't, don't go out to the training camp. It's, right. it's a wrap. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're saying that the the fans and the current players have to have you know a, a better wherewithal and understand what Donovan's job is and so on and so forth. Fair, but let's say they don't. Well, Donovan, you understand what your job is and you understand the ramifications of saying stuff about a place where you're beloved and you know the the, the culture and the climate of those fans. So if you come out and say it, the other day I said on this show about Joel Embiid mm -hmm. and I thought he should have been kicked out and I thought he should be suspended for a game. Yep. I will fully be prepared if somebody in Philly heard that to catch the backlash that comes from that because I understand the Philly fan. Right. You, he's got to do And I'm thing. sure Donovan does too. My philosophy, and I, and I think this is Donovan, I think Donovan actually is standing by this, is if I'm going to say something about a player, I should be able to say it to his face. Right. Now, I might deliver it differently, a little more harsher, but I'll be able to explain the context of it and say, 
you know what? Here's why I thought it was stupid for you to do this. I go Odell Beckham. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been pretty critical of him. Hey, why did you have to send those tweets? You could have been a bigger man. You know? I have an Odell. <laughs> right, you have been nice, but like, and I think I think Donovan McNabb more would be more than willing to talk to Carson. And I'm, see, this is probably what's unfolding. He's probably got his number. He's probably texting him, say, "Hey, man, I didn't mean it this way." And they're, they're probably good. Sure. Now, maybe this is the best case scenario of an offensive lineman getting his quarterbacks back. Then I like it. That's cool uh, too, and I have yeah. no problem with that. Yeah. All right, let's finish the show with some picks because we have NBA playoff action tonight. Uh Nets at Sixers. Sixers eight and a half point favorite. I think the Sixers have punked the next uh, the Nets throughout Nets. the series. Do they continue that Nets. and do they cover the eight and a half? They cover no. You're saying Nets. the Nets cover. They keep it close. Yeah. The Sixers win Sixers though? with the win. All right, Nets cover the eight and a half. Uh, Thunder at Blazers. This one's been Ru- uh, Russell Westbrook's had an Ooh. ugly series. Blazer laying a three and a half at home. I'm gonna take the Thunder. You think they extend it? I do, well, and, and maybe selfishly because I picked them to win. But <laughs> I, I think they're gonna win them. All right, last one. Magic at Raptors. Raptors trying to close it out at home. They're laying eleven and a half. It's a big number. <laughs> take the Magic. Oh, he gave it. One last one. Uh, Spurs at Nuggets. Nuggets five and a half. First. All right, boom, there you have it. All your picks, lock them oh, in. Nuggets, 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 nuggets. <laughs>